Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. It's Friday. Welcome to the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. Luke Johnson, Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, Bob and Kelly both out today. But happy to have you along with us. Full show today. Keith Hinton from Big Gold Nation uh, brings us a little basketball news. Later in the show, we'll talk to uh, Patrick Statsmagee. Uh, next segment about uh, RPI and uh, what this series this weekend means uh, for the Golden Eagles. Uh, but we'll get to uh, some Arkansas State previews here in just a moment. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue. Located in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and a community near you, the hometown team in Hattiesburg, 50 Cross Creek Parkway, just outside Turtle Creek Mall. Absolutely uh, gorgeous uh, time of the year, and of course, a lot of people doing a lot of things outside. Maybe you're having a, a barbecue nearby. Let, let Dickies cater it, and uh, if you're going to watch uh, some baseball or softball, as both the Lady Eagles and uh, the Baseball Eagles uh, hosting this weekend, let Dickies... Uh, let Dickie's Barbecue uh, cater your tailgate. So Dickie's Barbecue cooked here, loved everywhere. Southern Miss baseball team hosting the Arkansas State Red Wolves, and we're happy to have Matt Stoltz, the uh, voice of Arkansas State, joining us now. Are you in the Hub City, Matt? Luke, I'm on my way there. I should be rolling in here in the next couple of hours and ready for some good baseball this weekend. Well, there'll be there'll be uh, plenty uh, to eat as well. So hopefully you'll find some good meals in in Hattiesburg. Thanks so much for coming on. I I, I feel like all across the Sun Belt, uh, we have been having different teams and you guys, the voice of different teams. And I, I tell you what, I mean, any everything taken off the field, uh, we are really thoroughly enjoying the Sun Belt Conference. Well, and we're enjoying having Southern Miss as part of the conference. I think you know the Sun Belt had taken some great strides over the course of the last decade or so, especially over the last five years. And and uh, what we've done in the addition of, of the four teams that have come into the conference this season, I think it has just upgraded the talent as a whole uh, even more. And uh, I, I think after what happens this upcoming off off season with the teams that are leaving the American, I don't think there, there's much doubt just top to bottom. You go across uh, every single sport, you know, there's a case to be made that that uh, the Sun Belt is the strongest conference down the group of five, and the addition of Southern Miss is uh, certainly a big part of that. 
I saw where James Madison got their uh, football waiver denied, and so I think everybody in the East breathed a little bit, uh, at least in football. But, man, they've been they've been good as well. Hey, let's talk about the Red Wolves coming in this weekend. And, and it's a rough go the first half of the season. You kind of hinted off air that may have been some injuries with this baseball team. But, you know, really towards the end of March, started playing a little better. And, and y'all did the same thing in San Marcos that we did against Texas State, lost the series by two runs. Uh, you 10-run Troy, lost another game uh, at, against the Trojans, high RPI team uh, by one run. But it seems as if the Red Wolves have been playing good baseball the last month. Playing much better offensively for sure, Luke. And you look at what this team's done the last couple of weekends, and uh, I think we're sitting around 70 runs our last six conference games. And it, uh, it kind of just shows you what this team has been able to do uh, as far as at the plate, and it's been really encouraging. And, you know, you've got some, some good bats in the lineup. We, we've been able to add Kaysen Tollett to the lineup, who's been DHing for us, and he's a guy that was expected to be our everyday first baseman coming into the season. And, you know, unfortunately, his second at bat of the year on opening night, he suffered a knee injury, and he missed the next six weeks. And uh, he's still kind of limited with that knee, so he's come back as a designated hitter. And ever since he came back into the lineup in that three spot in the order, it seems to have really lifted up the offense as a whole. And uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of runs scored. So I think that's been the most encouraging thing over the course of the last few weeks. A name that's come up this week, and you talk about runs scored. I think he's leading the Sun Belt. Tell us about Will French right now, 50 runs on the year. A fantastic sophomore second baseman, Just uh, and he's a kid that's from Jonesboro. He started every single game last year as a true freshman at shortstop, and really that was out of necessity. He was thrown into the fire for us. And, uh, you know, he, he's just taken huge strides as, uh, as a sophomore, and he's batted every single game at the top of the lineup. You know, he's exactly what you want in a leadoff hitter. He's a guy that seems to get on base all the time. Is on base percentage is, I think, sixth in the conference heading into the weekend. He leads the league in walks. He leads the league in runs scored. And just the the type of guy you want at the top of the lineup. And he really kind of makes things go for this offense. Yeah, you, you mentioned his own base percentage almost uh... – 500. He's at, he's at 481. Hager with uh, with eight home runs, kind of like the Eagles. Eagles have kind of got to uh, hit some home runs, but uh, over the the last several uh, games. But but Arky State kind of that same way. Not not really the power game. Uh, have they been more of a singles and doubles runs, especially with these 70 that you talked about? Yeah, the thing about Arkansas State and the offense, you, know, you have to realize, and I know Southern Miss has never been to Tomlinson Stadium in Jonesboro. But when they come next year, they're going to see that it's as much of a pitcher's park as any uh, park in the league. It, it is tough to get it out. The wind is almost always blowing in. And you know, with that, uh, you don't see a whole lot of home runs. The Red Wolves hit more home runs away from home than they do in their own ballpark. And uh, Brandon Hager is a guy that, that is capable of hitting a lot of home runs. And really, you know, he's got eight home runs on the season, but uh, I, I think all of those have come since mid-March. It took him uh, a while to hit his first, but uh, he's really come on strong offensively. What you do see a lot of uh, with the Red Wolves are doubles. And right now they're second 
in the conference, uh, excuse me, I think they may be leading the conference now and fourth nationally in doubles per game. So uh, they, they hit a lot of two base hits and, you know, they've, they've got more potential uh, to hit the ball out of the ballpark this weekend since, uh, since they're away from home. Talking to Matt Stoltz, the uh, play-by-play voice for the Arkansas State Red Wolves, who Southern Miss is entertaining in a three-game Sunbelt Conference. Let's move uh, to the pitching side. Uh, you guys, uh, like us this weekend, that, that Sunday guy, his name's TBA, and we're trying to figure out what his first name and his, his middle name are. But, but for you guys, Carmack and, I believe, Draper, tell us uh, both about those Red Wolf starters. Well, we'll see Hunter Draper tonight, and he's a guy that uh, is a left-hander. He's not overpowering with, with his fastball. He's a guy that uh, is going to pitch the contact. We've got to make plays behind him, and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, you're able to get 15 outs from him. That's kind of the goal when, when Hunter's out there, and he's in that starting role tonight. The other guy you mentioned is Kyler Carmack, and he's really been our best story this year. He is a redshirt freshman who is probably the best athlete on the team. He can also play the outfield. He can play center field, and he's a a good hitter as well. He's a two-way player, but he's been so good on the mound that, you know, that's been his primary role. Uh, He is currently leading the Sunbelt Conference in earned run average as a redshirt freshman. Uh, He's sitting at 2.49 with the ERA, and his stuff is electric. He's he's got a really good slider to go with a 94, 95-mile-an-hour fastball. Uh, He has given the Red Wolves a a good chance to win every single time he's taken the mound. And as a a freshman, you expect him to to kind of slip up at some point and maybe have a rough start, but, but he has... Uh, been fantastic. Four of his last five starts have been quality starts. And, again, he has been the brightest part of, of uh, this baseball team so far this season, especially on the mound. About a minute left, Matt. Talk to us about Coach Raffo. Uh, you know, a lot of Southern Miss fans or, or uh, younger Southern Miss fans don't realize the history that he has uh, with, with Southern Miss. Of course, he was at Mississippi State forever and coached against Hill Denson and many of those uh, battles between Henson and Polk or Denson and, and Polk and uh, just f- 15 years at Arkansas State. Yeah, you're not going to find a finer human being in all of college baseball than Tommy Raffo. He is, uh, fantastic individual his players love him uh he you know if you're going to coach baseball at arkansas state the way it's been historically it's it's a tough road because you're playing in one of the better conferences in all of college baseball and you don't necessarily have the resources that stack up with the rest of the teams in the league we've invested heavily in our football program uh we put some in the basketball as well but baseball is, is not uh, parallel with the rest of the teams in the Sunbelt Conference uh, you know, as far as resources and, and what has been allotted to it. And, uh, you know, I think Tommy Raffo has found a way more often than not to, to keep his team very competitive in the league. And, uh, you know, there, because of that, he has a lot of respect from the other coaches in the conference. And uh, uh, that that is something that is very well deserved. Matt, thanks for your time today. Have a safe trip coming in, and have a great call this weekend. All right, Luke, looking forward to being there. 
It's Matt Stoltz, play-by-play voice for the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Tonight at 6, tomorrow, we'll, we'll t- mention this on the other side of the break, game moved up to noon tomorrow because of weather, and then Sunday at 1. We'll step aside. Stats McGee joining us on a Friday on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Friday, second segment of the Eagle Hour, brought to you by Campus Bookmark. Campus Bookmark located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, the big yellow building across the street from the main entrance to Southern Miss. CampusBookmark.net for coming in uh, this weekend to watch some baseball, some softball. They got everything uh, you need over at campus bookmark in Hattiesburg. Appreciate Matt Stoltz uh, joining us uh, in that first segment. Uh, I mentioned it going uh, to the commercial break. The game tomorrow has been moved up from 2 to 12. So first pitch tomorrow now at noon. Friday's tonight at 6, Sunday at 1, but tomorrow at noon. So make sure uh, you understand uh, that. Arkansas State coming to town. And as Matt Stoltz mentioned, Southern Miss never been to Tomlinson Stadium in Jonesboro, but uh, all time. These two teams have only met six times um, over the years. Joining us, uh, happy to have uh, Stats McGee, Patrick McGee of Hattiesburg, uh, joining us now. Talk a little RPI and uh, always has some uh, some good perspective. He is the co-host of uh, the Buzzardry podcast. And uh, Stats, how's your uh, how's your Friday, man? Doing well. You're bringing up that uh, those six games against Arkansas State. I remember one of those was in uh, 2008. There was a Saturday where uh, USM came back, uh, scored I think four runs in the bottom of the night to win that. It was on. Uh, the day of Fedora's first spring game. So that's always the game that comes to mind when I think Arkansas State baseball. What doesn't come to your mind? You just you just brought up, you just connected Arkansas State baseball, 2008. So you were like six years old and Larry no, Fedora all together. Yeah, I was about ten, but <laughs> I was within I was within half a decade. Anyway, right. all right. Um, th- this is uh, up until what? Tuesday night, Southern Miss was the only team in the country that had not played a quad four game. James Madison showed up for for a couple days, and then they went back in the top 150. But we're at, we, we mentioned it earlier this week, but you more than anybody else understand it. We're about to see the RPI take a hit, even if Southern Miss were to win. So kind of explain that and prepare Southern Miss fans for, for possibly what the RPI might do in the next few weeks. Yeah, so, I mean, it was kind of just the way the schedule was made. It was a front-loaded schedule where you played, um, you know, a bunch of high RPI teams, obviously, in the non-conference with Dallas Baptist. Um, and even, you know, a team like a Liberty that is below 500, but they're number 64 in RPI, which is pretty solid. And then, you know, again, the conference schedule. But now, I mean, you're getting to the point where you're playing several, you know, sub-200 teams, so Arkansas State, uh, 240, uh, ULM 222, and then even or Tulane, you know, 202. Um, South Alabama 123, um, and then ULL would be the best 71. So uh, just looking at kind of the RPI impacts from Warren Nolan um, to go up on the day of every game. And uh, he has USM, uh, let me bring this, yeah. USM, if USM wins these, this is for individual games, USM dropping 17 points with a win, 90 points with a loss. Um, so, I mean, those, those are pretty grim figures right there, and it just it kind of shows you where if USM even were to sweep, uh, the Eagles will probably be, you know, depending on what other teams do around them and the opponents, of course. But, it, you know, USM could fall from about 21 to 25 or so in the RPI for sweeping. And then obviously a loss would uh, very possibly drop you to in, into the 30s. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the um, the uh, 
angle there on RP after this weekend. So, you know, we've been kind of the, the last several weeks, and I should mention this too, when, when you make this schedule out, you don't think that, that South Alabama is going to be a sub-100. And you have a pretty good chance to think that Louisiana is going to be, you know, in the in the sixty to forty range. So it's just been kind of a, with with those two, you'll get less a bump. But but we should mention the the goal this weekend is this is a very sweepable series. Whereas the last several weekends we've said if we win this series, that that's all that needs to happen. But this is one you need to sweep. Yeah, I mean this is you know anytime you're playing a sub two hundred team, especially at home. Because uh, those home losses are are so costly, especially against teams with uh, bad records. You know, those are tiers you want to sweep. So I think you know you kind of look at these last um, couple weeks. I think you would hope you could sweep two and then take two out of three in two of them, and that would and then win the midweek, and that would get you, I guess, uh, eleven and two the rest of the way, and um, that would put you in you know fine shape for an at large, maybe not a host, but definitely you know a two seed somewhere. If Eagles were to get on a, a, a winning schedule, purely hypothetical here, and were to win the conference tournament and get to what forty or forty-one, they would they would be back in the hosting conversation, right? Uh, I don't know. It, it'd be very interesting to see. So I was looking at the uh, the Boys World RPI uh, needs report, and it's basically just it gives you an an, an estimate of what teams need to do. Uh, to reach a certain RPI threshold, and it says USM cannot reach the top 16 based on the remaining schedule. USM, it says USM's remaining opponents have a, a combined winning percentage of 43%, and it says USM needs to win um, 11 of the last 13 just to reach the top 32. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it just kind of gets back to the point where the RPI isn't favorable uh, with, the res- with the rest of the schedule. But, like, let's say, you know, you uh, you win 12 of the last 13 and maybe you're around 22 in the RPI or something like that or 23 and then you were to win the conference tournament I think that would get you a look especially I mean if you only lose one more conference game the rest of the uh, year um, which is you know I guess unlikely just because the nature of baseball but it's possible given these last you know four weekend opponents um, you know you might be able to catch uh, Coastal because Coastal still has uh, uh, three games at Lafayette, which is this weekend, and they also play uh, three games at South, which we talked about is a little down, but that's still you know a tough team to beat on the road. Um, so, and then obviously that regular season title that plays into the whole uh, hosting uh, debate there, um, especially with some up in a top five RPI league. So, I think you, you need to win, you know, twelve of the last thirteen, and uh, hoping catch Coastal in the standings. So that think. would that would mean a that would mean a sweep of ULM and Arky State, and then you would have to sweep either. Lafayette or or South Alabama. So yeah, I mean it's it's a tough. What you're looking at now is as an at large. So you mentioned RPI. I mean Troy Troy's in the top thirty now at twenty seven. You got to feel like if things continue, those will be the three Sun Belt teams, and then you got to have something happen for Old Dominion at fifty four and Texas State at fifty five. And and you feel like this was a four bid league uh, into uh, into the tournament and, until you know a couple teams just just lost some series. Yeah, it was. and But, yeah, I mean, like you said, I think, you know, Coastal, I mean, look, there are, I think right now if the season ended today, Coastal would be a top eight seed. And I think pretty much all of the projections have them as a top eight. And obviously USM uh, is safely in as of now. And uh, Troy, yeah, with the top 30 RPI would be in. So, I mean, it's, it's three teams, I think, right now at a minimum. And like you said, uh, the two teams that you would kind of watch out for getting that potential fourth bid uh, as an at-large would be either ODU or Texas State. And those teams play each other this week um, at ODU. Um, so whoever wins that series, I think, could play themselves back into that at-large mix and whoever loses would kind of be on the outside looking in. 
So I think you're looking at three, maybe four teams, and then, you know, if a surprise team wins the conference tournament, that could be another team. So that's kind of how the, the postseason picture looks in the Sun Belt. Yeah, like, uh, you know, way too early to – well, I mean, we can always speculate. This is the media, and this is what we do. When we when we don't have anything else to talk about, we uh, we speculate. So you, you look at uh, – we, we had Aaron Fitt from D1 on earlier in the week, and you know, he, he still said Southern Miss was probably a uh, in a, a group of like 22 teams, you know, to possibly host. But when you look at the projections, he he said it was kind of unavoidable for if Southern Miss is going to be a two seed in in a normal year for them to be you know speculative. If it's a two seed, they're going to end up in Oxford, Starkville, Fayetteville, uh, Baton Rouge, Tallahassee, because it's just the way those are the host teams in their region uh d1 had them at at baton rouge which i do not want to do because if you win one you're going to get skeins in game two would you like to go to gainesville to possibly hit against hurston waldrop in a game two yeah i mean i i I would certainly be uh, a very intriguing option it would be kind of the road version of uh you know when lebron played the uh, cavaliers again for the first time in a way but um you know, I think looking at Florida, uh, the thing that almost scares me more about Florida is not, you know, necessarily uh, Waldrop, but just their lineup. I mean, they've had one of the better lineups in college baseball. I mean, them and LSU and, you know, maybe someone, I guess Wake Forest would probably be up there um, as well. So, I mean, that's kind of what scares me about Florida is that um, is their offense. But, I mean, I think you would look at them possibly outside of Baton Rouge. You would look at Gainesville, Nashville. Um, maybe Knoxville if they play their way, way in. Or, you know, who knows, maybe this is the year you get a total wild card. You know, you have good representation on the committee with, uh, you know, McGillis and Arteagues. Both of those guys uh, either have a player on the team or had or, ha- or had, a, had a son on the team or are used to. So, I don't know, maybe that will play into uh, USM's favor this year. No no way with, with the Texas teams that, that they would end up at Dallas. I, I don't think so, and and you also have the uh, the fact that that would be kind of, I mean it would be a rematch of a regular season uh, series, and also typically um, they will pair up a non uh, power conference host with the power conference number two seed. Um, usually, that's not always the case, but usually, and I think like you said, there's plenty of teams in Texas. I mean, you look at Texas, obviously, would be an option there. A and M. So yeah, I don't I don't think DDU would be an option. 15 seconds, uh, who, who is going to be uh, one of the heroes for the weekend? Somebody I'm not thinking about right now. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Tate Parker has a big weekend. It's just a feeling. I'll say he hit the home run tonight. How about that? I like it. And uh need, need Tanner Hall to be Tanner Hall. Patrick, always appreciate your time, man, and uh, thanks for your insight. Thanks for having me on, Luke. Stats McGee of Hattiesburg. Call him the guru. Call him many things. Uh, he's a great follow on Twitter. WP McGee, and of course uh, with Ben Milam, who's been helping us out this week. He's the co-host of the Buzzardry Podcast. We'll step aside, talk a little Southern Miss basketball, a little, little transfer news on the horizon. Heath Hinton from Big Old Nation joins us next. Southern Miss to the top.
appreciate Patrick McGee joining us on this Friday, gearing up for weekend of softball and baseball. Southern Miss baseball hosting Arkansas State. Southern Miss softball hosting South Alabama. That taking place. I'll bring you some uh, times and all that in our in our next segment. This segment brought to you every day by 4th Street. 4th Street Bar and Grill located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of the 995 lunch. They had fried catfish today. Bob Getty approved. Always uh, good over there. Always a great lunch at 4th Street. Also uh, remind you about uh, the official beignet shop of the Eagle Hour, Mobay Beignet, um, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, just to the left of Campus Bookmark. Michael, we're going there sometime soon, aren't we, in the near future? May the 4th. May the f- So are we going to bring our lightsabers as well, me yes. and you? Okay. Yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be next week. And uh, I'm still not, I'm running a, a 5K uh, next Saturday, so I'm not sure how many beignets I can eat. Uh, maybe my only last and only uh, Actually, 5K. Actually, eat as many as you want if you're going to run the 5K. You'll work it off. <laughs> yeah, I will, but... Just don't anyway. eat pasta before a run. Don't. That's no, not good. Okay, I'm uh, noted, noted, noted. All right, let's get to the phone. Heath Hinton from Big Old Nation joins us, and and Heath, we'll come back and talk a little baseball uh, towards the end. But but some basketball news this weekend. Southern Miss, of course, uh, losing a lot of bigs. Uh, Hase, Pinkney, Tyler Mormon. Another uh, big is uh, is in the transfer portal. Yeah, Dejounte Harris uh, came out and said that he's been here in transfer portal. He's going to be a graduate transfer. I know because of COVID and everything, he's a junior, but uh, he's got extra year. But because of COVID and the way all this is set up, he's actually going to be a graduate student next year instead of a senior. It's it's crazy. But he's uh, entered in the transfer portal. Now, that doesn't mean that he'll transfer out. That just means he's in there. He, does, he doesn't. Maybe he's just looking to see what kind of uh, options there are. But yeah, this team's going to need some bigs. With uh, you look at Tyler Mormon leaving, Pinkney leaving, uh, of course Hase leaving. They're going to have to get some bigs. So I expect here in the next week or so, Coach Ladner to start adding some some guys uh, from the portal. And I think that's the way. You know, I think he has kind of set up a system for success with the way he does the portal. So I think he's he's going to go out there and find some guys. You know, you've got. Uh, Juan Cardona actually uh, looking at some international guys being the coach down there. Uh, I believe it's Chile. So uh, I expect some additions to happen here the next week or so. And Harris was a guy. I mean, when when a couple guys you know got hurt, Harris did a great job. I mean, um, what close to nine points a game, right at six rebounds a game, and just kind of gave you a lot of length at that three position that you really didn't have in years past. Yeah. And, and, Offense improved so much. Has one of the, the funkiest shots I've ever seen with that one arm shot, but it went in. And uh, look, did so much to improve his game offensively. He was always a good rebounder, good defensive player, um, guy who was six six that you know could play that four if needed to be, or actually six seven, but could play the four. Uh, could play the three. Might even if you need somebody that's a tall guard, you could play him you know, defense and having cover a guard. So he was such a a an important cog defensively to what they did because he could do so many things defensively. And then he added a little bit of that offense, which made him such an integral piece to this team this year. 
uh, hate to see him in the transfer portal, but that's the day and age of sports we live in. Yeah, hopefully uh, Crowley ends up back in the in the black and gold. Other than than Alvarez, who, who is the most report uh, or most important returner to you? Take take Crowley and Alvarez out. Oh well, I'm going to say a guy that didn't play much last year, Kobe Montgomery, a uh, young man who's six five, just can shoot the basketball. Didn't play much. Didn't play any last season but will be asked to contribute and will be a big-time scorer. Another guy, I think, that Donovan Ivory. I yeah. think Donovan Ivory's a key piece. Uh, it's six, six, his ability to play different positions, but he also is a pretty good outside shooter. Uh, I, I think those two guys are going to be such important pieces next year for this team. And let's just go ahead and say it, uh, Alvarez is going to be very important to them, too. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people don't realize how tall Ivory is. He's six six and uh, a lot of people, you know, didn't they didn't see Montgomery play this year, but he's a guy that that has uh, has done well where where he's been. So, so you think in the next week to ten days we will start seeing some of these transfer portal additions? Well, yeah, I think it uh, ends here within the next uh, seventeen days. I think it's about the fourteenth. I think they've been going since April the seventeenth. So I expect to sign it. I expect them to start signing here pretty soon. Uh, they don't have, but maybe you know. Two little over two weeks left in this period, so I expect some things to happen pretty soon. All right, let's talk uh, NFL draft. Um, we we didn't visit with uh, with Patrick McGee from NOLA.com this week. We'll get the the entire draft next week, but but I mean, last night I stayed up and uh, and and I was, and and they had you know Saints had multiple options at at number thirty. Uh, the tight end from. From Notre Dame, Mayor, and they had Nolan Smith from Georgia, but they they went with a guy that some of the projections had, and I'm trying to I I, I know it's not uh, Breezy, was it Bressy? Is that how you say his name? Breezy, Brian Breezy, yeah, yeah, I think it's Breezy from from Clemson. You know, he was a guy that they were targeting. Um, I felt like they were going to go with Murphy, and then uh, Murphy went, you know, the pick right before, so they just went with their next. But you know, the draft room seemed seemed really, um, really excited about it. I guess you have to go where the biggest need is. But man, there were some some guys that maybe would have been, you know, projected to be mid twenties or lower twenties that were still available. Yeah, but you know what? To build a defense, you got to have those guys on the inside that are mean, nasty. And just get after you, and that's what this guy is. I mean, he's just a big, mean, nasty defensive lineman that you can uh, help stop the run. That's an issue they've had. Uh, being able to stop the run a lot of times last year. So they got to have somebody in the middle. And look, Davenport hasn't worked out on the end. I expect them to, you know, be looking to find somebody at defensive end. I think they're going to spend a lot of time on the defensive side of the ball this year. Biggest. Well, well, let me let me not. I'll ask you about Levis here in just in a second, but just draft overall. What was the biggest surprise? The Houston tra- uh, uh, Texas trade, Texans trade, uh, two running backs. What was the biggest surprise to you last night? Uh, I think it was kind of awesome. the amount of money that Lamar Jackson got is the biggest <laughs> surprise to me this week in the NFL. I think that's the craziest thing. What was it? He has the biggest contract ever. It's it's the, the biggest uh, guarantee. Sale? I think Watson's the is the most ever. money. Yeah, but it's the most guarantee. That's insane. I, that to me, if I would draft anything that he was able to get that amount of money. I, I think 
to me, over anything, that's the most important thing that's happened in the uh, NFL this week. Yeah, um, for for me it was the, it was the Texans basically got um, you know top two quarterback and uh, got the best defensive player um, in the draft, and then you know I felt like uh, somebody wanted a running back when Robinson went. I mean, we hadn't had two running backs drafted in, in, in a long time the first round, but but man, Philadelphia came out good. Golly, Jalen Carter fell to them at nine, and then Nolan Smith, you know, so basically got two guys. Uh, from uh, from the Georgia defense. All right, let me ask you those painful, and we've seen it before. But man, it was painful to watch Will Levis there in the draft room. Uh, but you know they put these things out there like that, Luke. I mean, it's I, I hate to watch it too, but I mean it's tough. It's tough on those kids. Once you get in that draft room, you don't get picked. It's it's tough, man. It's tough. I, I don't. I don't. I think they may should do away. You think they should do away with all that? Yeah, I mean, it was just really cool last year to see Charles Cross uh, from Laurel, you know, be there and be on site and stand with the commissioner. You know, for for these guys that, you know, well, but I mean, Levis is, it was such, some people had him top 10, some people had him top 20, so, so I don't know. All right, um, still big names on the board, uh, still lots of positions. What will the Saints do, you think, today at number 40? I think they're going to look at defense. I still think they're going to stay on the defensive side of the ball, Luke. Maybe look at an offensive lineman. But I think it's going to be defensive side of the ball, offensive lineman. I think they're pretty well set at wide receiver, uh, running back. They get the quarterback in. I think Michael Thomas, uh, you know, he's going to be back. So I think they're going to, I don't know about you, but I think their needs right now on the defensive side of the football. Uh, and sure enough, that defense, you got your quarterback in now. And got sure up that defense, which at times wasn't hasn't been that great. Kid from uh, Northwestern uh, will be there, uh, the highest-rated defensive lineman right now, Benton from Wisconsin. But I mean, Joey Porter Jr.'s there. Mayer still may still be there. Hooker from Tennessee. They won't take a quarterback, but man, uh, yeah, uh, Jonathan Mingo. Uh, from from Ole Miss, so there'll, there'll be a lot of names there. Hey, uh, we're about to hit a commercial break. Uh, you want to stick around okay. and, and do some picks with me and Michael? Sure, let's do it. All right, we'll do our weekly Sunbelt baseball picks. Continue with Heath Hinton right after this. segment of the week brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBAT on the left, D1 Training on the right. Great facilities, batting cages, 70-yard indoor facility. It's all there at DBAT and D1, dbathattiesburg.com. 
com. Luke Johnson and Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, we'll remind you also, thankful for our friends over at Jana King. Uh, professional cleaners can clean anything. All kinds of stuff, and uh, they are the king of clean, and we really appreciate Jenna King's sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. All right, uh, Heath Hinn from Big Gold Nation joins us uh, again before we get back to uh, to Heath. Just to remind you this weekend, baseball and softball uh, in action. Softball hosting South Alabama tonight at 5 p.m., tomorrow at 12 p.m., and uh, and then Sunday at 12 p.m. Baseball hosting Arkansas State, 6 p.m. tonight, 12 p.m. tomorrow, 1 p.m. on Sunday. Both the softball and baseball games for Saturday, tomorrow, have been moved up to noon. So softball and baseball starting tomorrow at noon. All right, let's uh, let's do some picks, and I'll bring Heath Hinton back in for this. Some big uh, some big series this weekend. Let's start with kind of the lesser ones, and then we'll. We will uh, build up. All right, Heath, Marshall at Georgia State. I think Georgia State is going to sweep this, uh, just playing better. I got Georgia State in the sweep. Michael? I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I can agree with that, too. Marshall just hasn't really been relevant um, all season long. So, yeah, I'll go with with Georgia State. Kelly actually sent me a picture outside of Georgia State uh, University um, today. All right, ULM at Georgia Southern. Kind of feels like uh, it could be Georgia Southern's weekend. They they need uh, to rattle off a bunch of wins to try to make some noise at the end of the season. Yeah, I think they step up here. I, I like the sweep with Georgia Southern over ULM. I'm going to go Georgia Southern 2. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, Fed, Fed Fed Mike could could win one over there. So I'll, I'll agree with Michael. Two out of three uh, for Georgia Southern. James Madison at uh, Appalachian State in Boone. James Madison's been playing better after they got swept by Southern. I'm going to say James Madison's going to take two or three in Boone, North Carolina. I'm going to say the same. I'm going to say App State two out of three. Um, I just I haven't seen App State play, but they've been hovering. Their RPI has been much better than James Madison's this year, so I'll go two out of three with the Mountaineers. This is an intriguing one. Uh, Troy at South Alabama. Troy could uh, could could continue to uh, to make a, a little more RPI noise down at Stanky Field. Yeah, guys. I, I, I man, I'm gonna take South Alabama two or three. I don't know why. I just have one of those feelings. South Alabama, 2 or 3. Thank you. I'm going to reverse that and make it Troy 2 or 3. I want Troy to win this because I do not want any, um, what do you call it, momentum from the Jaguars. So I'm going to go with the Trojans, and Trojans continue to lock down uh, what looks like a would be the third uh, team from uh, from the Sun Belt. So I'll, I'll go... With Troy and and I just I can't pull uh, for for South Alabama. All right, Texas State and Old Dominion, both of these teams neck and neck in RPI. They would be a fourth team, but uh, as we talked to Patrick McGee earlier, they got a long way to go. Old Dominion twenty seven and thirteen overall. Texas State twenty seven and fifteen. Both teams ten and eight in the Sun Belt. Heath, I think it's where it's deployed. I'm gonna go Old Dominion two or three. If it was at Texas State, I'd take them two or three. But the home team home game matters. Yeah, I'm going to agree. Old Dominion, two out of three. I'm going to go, yeah, I'll go with that, too. And, and, again, this is why Southern Miss needs a sweep. One of these teams is going to win two or three games this weekend. Southern Miss slips up. They might find themselves 
uh, tied for second or, or, or tied uh, for uh, for third. So so yeah, I'll go uh, I'll go Old Dominion. Um, other than Southern Miss, the one that I'm watching uh, this weekend. Uh, we are all pulling for the Raging Cajuns because Coastal Carolina is uh, down in Lafayette starting tonight at six. Heath. Yeah, I, I don't think Coastal is going to be hitting the wall scraping home runs there in Louisiana. It's a much bigger part. I like Louisiana two or three uh, mm. getting to that bullpen. I think Louisiana gets two or three. Um, I'm going to go with that because that seems right. I, I would I would be asking too much if I did a sweep. I just think Coastal is really good, and so I think Louisiana will get them once. So with a uh, we we could get back. I know Coastal would have a, a tiebreaker, but we could get back even with a sweep. So I'll go I'll go Coastal uh, two out of three. All right, um, about a minute left, Heath. Uh, this this weekend, Southern Miss looking to sweep. What are they going to need uh, to do that? Give me one uh, hero, unsung hero for the weekend. Unsung hero for the weekend, I'm going to go with uh, oh Armistead on Sunday pitching. I think he's got to pitch well on Sunday for this team if they want to sweep. I think he has to pitch well, so I'm going to go Armistead. Michael? Yeah, it's going to be a sweep, especially after you talk to Matt. But some magic's going to happen. I just have that feeling. Yeah, I, I, they they need it, and uh, it, it needs to be a. It doesn't need to be a, a sweep by the skin of your teeth. It needs to be a pretty, pretty definite. Uh, it'd be an opportunity for them to make a statement this weekend. Heath, man, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a good one. That's going to wrap it up uh, for the week. Appreciate you joining us. If you missed it, go back and check us out in podcast form. We're on all the platforms. You already know them, as well as supertalk.fm. We'll see you Monday, same time. And as always, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.